A new partnership, solar panels and canals, conserving water and producing energy. I'm Robert Colangelo and this is Green Sense, where we examine eco-innovations that are improving the world. Can combining solar panels with California's 4,000 miles of canals improve water conservation? Randy McEwen is lead author of a new feasibility study that seeks to find the answer, and she joins us now on GreenSense. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about your organization and how the study came about. Well, um, I'm a postdoctoral researcher at UC Santa Cruz um, and uh, in the environmental studies department. And the way this study came about was uh, a development team. We were approached by citizen group, a Bay Area agency that approached, uh, at the time I was a, doing my dissertation at UC Merced. So they approached UC Water and UC Solar to have us look at this interdisciplinary study. Well, according to the March 23rd, 2021 article on High Country News, California's water conveyance system is the world's largest and it serves 35 million people and 5.7 million acres of farmland. That's a lot. And it takes a lot of energy to run those pumps to transport that water. Evaporation is the process of turning a liquid into a vapor. As the water is transported, a large portion evaporates. And your feasibility study looks specifically at the California aqueduct system. Explain the benefits of putting solar panels over canals. Well, um, I'd say that solar energy is among a suite of technologies for reducing greenhouse gas emissions and the threat of climate change. But like any development where it's cited affects its overall sustainability. So by using solar panels as a um, canopy for canals, it can reduce evaporation while avoiding the use of open space, natural and working lands to produce renewable energy. And it provides other co-benefits. For example, a cooler microclimate next to the canal mitigates uh, panel heating which it enhances PV efficiency, and the shade from the panels mitigates aquatic weed growth, which is a major maintenance issue. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Uh, this seems like such a simple idea. Why hasn't somebody thought about this before? Um, I, I think, well, they have thought about it, and it has been done in India, um, the, the, in the state of Gujarat, uh, one megawatt in they, in the fact that they, they did a prototype there, and they've just continued to expand development throughout um, that state, and and also uh, in Punjab. So these, this this is being done, just not here yet. We're hoping that uh, our study will increase interest in in having a demonstration. Did your study quantify how much water or energy it would save? or how much water yeah. it would save and how much energy it would generate? Well, we did, we did a pretty rigorous estimate, uh, a modeling estimate of how much water would be saved. And we estimate that 63 billion gallons of water would be saved. That's a um, lot more than a bucket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and for, con for context, that would be about uh, enough to irrigate 50,000 acres of farmland. And, the, the hydrologic uh, uh, system is complex, that water that evaporates transpires into the atmosphere. Uh, 
So now that that would be blocked, how would that change atmospheric conditions? Uh, well, it would, you know, I, I think that there's a certain amount of cooling that happens from evapotranspiration. So that, that's something we, we didn't specifically look at, but I think that if we were to do this at scale, it's something we, sh we would, would need to look at. What do you think the environmental pros and cons are of uh, having a uh, canopy of solar panels over the canals? Well, I've already mentioned if saving uh reducing evaporation, and there, there's the benefit of uh, renewable energy, which reduces greenhouse gas emissions, but also um, there's a potential to retire diesel irrigation pumps. And the canal system is in the Central Valley, which has some of the worst air quality in the nation. So there would also be the benefit of um, reducing these particulate matter. So there would be a social benefit there. It also would have, um, going back to environmental benefit, there would also be a benefit to ecosystems. So that a lot of these large solar developments happen on um, sen sensitive uh, ecosystems. So we, we would see a, a terrestrial benefit. That are, while we see that as a benefit, the next step in our study is to really look at the impacts to the broader ecosystem, including uh, systems that, that like canals. That was outside of the scope, but that's the next step in our study. Well, we did a story about um the uh, wall between Mexico and California and, and Arizona and how that created a barrier for animals to migrate. Would these canals present any uh, 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 impact to uh, animal habitats? Yeah, that's something we would have to study. Um, while we do see, again, you know, benefit to terrestrial ecosystems, and that's something we're really excited about, it, we would really need to study how um, uh, waterfowl and other uh, systems that like canals interact with the, a structure like this. I'm curious, who owns the canal land? Well, there are, it's a very complex network. <laughs> um, it, the, so the, there's the large, you know, there's a federal project, which is a Central Valley project. Um, and then there is the state water project, which is the state of California. Um, and then there are like lots of smaller arter arterial systems that are uh, district owned. So it's, it just kind of depends on where you pinpoint uh, on a map. Who, Brandy, who Brandy where, where I was going with that was, does it make it, does land ownership make it easier to site the solar panels? or more complex? Oh, well, that's, that, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, finding support for this is going to depend on a lot of stakeholders getting involved. And on the one hand, um, if we can overcome the challenge of, you know, where we cite this, um, we, you know, because there are so many stakeholders, that's, that kind of remains to be seen in the and we're looking at that in the next uh, development stage. But I would say this, when you look at ground-mounted systems, there's sometimes battles over right-of-way. And, and so by using already disturbed land, 
it might actually be easier to implement something like this. Well, I know anytime you discuss uh, water rights and lands rights issues out west, it gets very complicated very quickly. So yeah, uh, you yeah. can spend your life probably studying this. Yeah, and, and, and it, someone's going to be upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's you know, and and I think that's something we really have to look at um, more closely. We're looking to to put all the right uh, people together, building a coalition to make this happen. Did you take a look at the economics and the costs of doing something like this? Well, we were, you know, we, one of the questions we wanted to ask, you know, it makes sense to cover canals with solar panels because renewable energy and water conservation is a win-win, but the devil is in the details and we wanted to, uh, the critical question was whether the infrastructure to, to span the canals would be cost prohibitive. And when we, penciled it out, we found that it wasn't. When we added in the benefits of saving water, um, the, the reduced maintenance for aquatic weeds, and the enhanced uh, PV efficiency, it, it was com cost competitive with ground-mounted systems. That was a first step. The next step is to do a, uh, a study with greater granularity. So understanding the the different factors for a specific site is the next step. So that's where a real feasibility study will, will come into play in the next step. And that makes sense. You want to do a back of the envelope calculation to see if it even makes sense to go further. Can you do this with existing technology or will there be new technological innovations that are required to make this feasible? Well, it's already been demonstrated in India. This, the, infrastructure to span the canals but i really think that as we go forward we're, gonna, we're really going to be trying trying to uh, incorporate up to the minute technology and include for instance battery storage and and high performing um, panels what impact did the feasibility study have did it uh, raise awareness did it raise interest did it raise uh uh, uh people that are disappointed about this? I, I, think it's, I think it's generated a lot of enthusiasm. And uh, there, there are a lot of, we're, we're talking to some pretty high level state officials right now. So um, I think that that momentum is on our side and we're really excited about what, what unfolds next. As I said, I think the knee-jerk reaction is, wow, great idea. Why hasn't it been done before? So uh, hopefully this goes forward. Is this California-centric, or are there other parts of the country where this could be applicable? Oh, this could be done in other parts of the world. Um, it's, already, it's already been demonstrated elsewhere, but it really makes sense to consider this in um, really arid regions that have open canals. As I mentioned earlier, Western water rigs are very complex and they've created a situation in this country that causes us to do many things that just defy logic. If water rights were uh, created over again, we would never do them the way they are now. What are the obstacles standing in the way of this happening? Deciding what the best site is and then getting all of the, the players aligned, all of, all of the stakeholders, I guess, aligned. I think it's a matter of political will, but there are people working, the development team is working behind the scenes to get our ducks in the road and make this thing happen. So coalition building and yeah. getting a, a momentum behind that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, studies are great, but at this point in our evolution, we need action. You know, the climate's changing. You know, there's drought conditions, uh, water's evaporating. What do you see as the next critical steps to move this forward? We want to show that California is a place where we can make this happen, and it could be an iconic symbol of a, California's commitment to sustainability. Funding is always the grease that uh, lubricates the wheels of progress, and now there seems to be lots of stimulus money out there. Uh, what kind of money does it does this take to get this project moving forward? Well, again, that's uh, I I would refer you to the development team at Citizen Group if you wanted to get into the details. But yeah, but just in general, orders is this hundreds of thousands for the next study, millions of dollars, you know, what, what kind of magnitude are we talking about? Well, we're looking, we're, we'd like to, that I'm hoping that the next study is based on a prototype. So that would, that really depends on, you know, probably private and public partnerships. And so we're, right now trying to imagine what kind of funding streams we can attract for this. Um, so it's really hard to put a number on that at this point. We're still sure. in the planning stages. Well, now that the study has been published, uh, what are you looking at next as a scientist? Well, I really think that there's a lot of uh, interesting ways to frame this um, and next steps. I think it would be interesting to compare the, for instance, the evaporation savings to other energy, uh, uh, water saving uh, measures in the state. Um, I'm looking forward to looking at this in a finer granular detail. So coming up with an actual feasibility analysis um, and also a life cycle assessment. We didn't, we, we did a techno-economic analysis of the cost benefits, but Next would be to look at actually the greenhouse gas emission savings and other benefits. Are you working on other types of research or is it mainly focused on the canal and solar panel issue? I also work on the food. I would say my research generally falls under the umbrella of food, water, energy nexus. So I look at seafood sustainability and I'm currently working with Kapuscinski Sarker Lab. I look at the sustainability of aquifers as well. Oh, that's fascinating. All all important issues of of our time. Well, Brandy, I enjoyed talking with you. Uh, Thanks for joining us on GreenSense, and uh, we wish you the best of luck with your your research. Thank you for having me. That's Brandy McEwen of the University of California, Santa Cruz, telling us about the new study on solar panels and canals in California. I'm Robert Colangelo. This is GreenSense, reminding you to subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com. And to check out the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM Chicago.